greener on the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. And good morning. It's shaping up to be a beautiful Saturday morning with the sunrise. Chilly temperatures, though, certainly bundle up if you need to spend some time outside. So continuing in hour number three right now with my guest, who is Trent Ellis, owner of Armor Wildlife Management. You can find out more about them. Look on Facebook. The Facebook page is Great Armor Wildlife Management. And uh, Trent, really glad you've come back on. And we, we talked earlier in the year and you've done a lot of research. When you started this business on your own, you did a lot of research about the products that were available, um, not necessarily to the homeowner, but you have licensing and certifications and all of that kind of thing to apply these products as deer repellents in the landscape, right? Yes. Painstaking process of you know figuring out what mixtures of chemicals worked, what repellents actually could withstand um, you know uh, monthly service or anything like that. And so came across a phenomenal company um, and have been using them ever since. But yeah, it's just been, it's been great. You know, the summer mixtures uh, we're developing and, and changing things throughout the years. And the, the winter mixture uh, is just the, the backbone with how long it lasts and, um, and um, how well it maintains everything. Now, one of the last times you were on the show, um, we had a, a ton of questions lined up for you. And this time, not necessarily opening the phone lines today, since I'm at home, we're doing this a little bit differently. But um, someone did ask last go around, Trent, of you about the the toxicity of deer repellents. Can they be used on any plants? Is it going to be something's harmful to children or to my pets? Uh, what's the answer there? So with any pesticide or chemical, you always want to make sure you read the labels. And so um, with anything you're going to use at home, for us, really, it's um, the summer mixture is more of a skin irritant and um, can burn a little bit if you get the uh, if you get in your eyes or you're in taste, you know, bad. Um, and so we ask that anytime we're spraying, if you can keep children's dogs um, out of the sprayed areas for at least an hour to an hour and a half just to let it dry, um, once it's dry, you should be perfectly fine. No issues there. You should be good to go. Um, there's not really anything that's going to cause any issues long-term. Good, good. And it's safe on plants, obviously, for folks that are, you know, a little worried about the things in their landscape. So um, talk to us about the winter repellent. It's obviously made for this time of year, can withstand a lot of conditions, like you mentioned earlier, rain, snow, hurricanes. Um, but what's what's involved in you coming to a homeowner's yard and applying that repellent? So with your with your winter mixture, it is going to be the, the application is going to take a little longer because we, we really have to look at what plants you're going to are going to maintain leaves throughout the winter. And on top of that, you know, how likely are they to be browsed on? And so um, what we do is we look at, you know, your, the main ones, your azaleas, your hollies, your uh, camellias. You know, we look at specific plants that we just spray all the time, and we will automatically spray those with our winter mixture. Um, and then there are some, like your ground cover, your mondo grass, um, some, of the gr- some of the leafy grasses we will not spray. And with that program, we will spray those with our summer mixture because they still somewhat grow. And we don't want to 
we don't want to inhibit them or, or don't have anything protecting them. And so the ground covers and flowers and stuff that are the winter flowers will will maintain those with our summer mixture throughout. Um, the one thing about the winter mixture that you can really notice right off the bat is it, it kind of wherever we spray it off colors a little bit. And oh. so the, the main active ingredient is thyram and thyram is a white powdery fungicide. And it does a phenomenal job for has has done a phenomenal job for decades uh, in repelling deer. And so what we did was the company added a little bit of green uh, dye into that thyram to to not make it look so abrasive. And so there will be a little bit of discoloration, um, you know, that that allows it to not be as noticeable. But at the same time you know that it's working in January, December, uh, February, because that green color is still there. And so you still know it's protecting, you still know it's, it's doing its job. Interesting. So how often would you visit um, a homeowner's residence throughout the wintertime when you're doing the winter applications? Hey, Shadow, um, is it every month that you're spraying? How often? So it really depends on the homeowner. You know, if you're just starting out with us and you do a winter application only, um, there is, unless you have flowers or something that we would, re- we would need to come back monthly. Um, if you just have all those, uh, those evergreens, then it's really just one application and it lasts until March. But if you do have kind of a mixture where you've got, you know, some, some flower beds that are winter flowers, uh, you got some, you got some evergreens, you got some trees, then we would kind of figure out a, we'd create that program to where we'd come back monthly after spraying that first winter application. Great. Talking with Trent Ellis, who is the owner of Armor Wildlife Management. You can find out more on the website, Armor Wildlife Management. Uh, What areas of Metro Atlanta do you service, Trent? Because from my understanding, you're running a successful business, but almost single-handedly by yourself. (laughs) Yes. Um, So right now we service Johns Creek, Alpharetta. The uh, main corridor of the uh, Chattahoochee River is really where, you know, the need has been um, that we've seen. Um, but we will service everywhere from Canton, uh, Woodstock, to uh, pretty much North Atlanta. Um, we can service all those areas. And you talking about the winter application, and then you have a summer mix of this deer repellent that works so well um, in, in homeowners' landscapes, just like we do when gardeners are applying pesticides, herbicides, those kinds of things, you have to be conscious of the weather, right? You don't want to spray a plant necessarily in the heat of the day when there may be some scorch. You don't want to spray on windy days. Um, And you kind of have run into that recently with uh, that tropical storm, Nicole, that came through. That sets you back a little bit because talk about not being able to apply these things when it's so windy. With our winter mixture, um, the color and everything, it sticks so well that it can stain. And so it, if you get it on um, bark or the side of the house or, or driveways, you know, patios, stuff like that, it can stain. And so we really have to be conscious of the wind to make sure the drift is not going to be too much. And that'll, that has been crazy with the, the hurricane coming in and just how, for some reason, this, this November has definitely been a lot windier than, than years past. But it's it's the same thing with the summer mixture. You know, it, it, during the rainy season, if you don't have a few hours of, of dry without it raining, I mean, it really can cause some issues when you're trying to schedule and, and get these plants protected. 
Absolutely. And we were able to, um, in the last hour, talk a little bit about ways to protect some of the plants. Um, you mentioned using bungee cords, which I thought was so cool, around a hydrangea or something, because when those bucks are on a mission, uh, they're, they're not going to be slowed down by anything in their path, and also protecting the trunks of small trees. Um, did you have any other tips or physical barriers that you've seen homeowner, homeowners use successfully to kind of keep the deer from trampling their plants? Yes and no. So we, I have some clients that in working with me on, on a spraying treatment, um, they even have a lot of their, their main groups of shrubs kind of not really fenced off, but they have this very thin like uh, hawk netting and um, they've kind of protected them with that um, for that exact reason. So these deer don't uh, dive into the plants and bed down or, you know, if the, if the bucks are chasing the does, they can literally run right through some shrubs. And, and so that, that kind of uh, separation netting does help with that kind of thing. But really, yeah, it's just anything that you can put in the view of a plant um, that is visible that they can see without having to, you know, turn their head too much um, is anything like that should be good to go for, uh, for keeping them from really doing too much damage. Great. So Trent, we're going to take a break here and check traffic and weather. And when we come back, I want to kind of set the, the stage for a homeowner who may give you a call, who may find you on the website, kind of what to expect on that initial visit. So this is Trent Ellis with Armor Wildlife Management. And I want to check the issue near the downtown connector that you've heard Mike Boozer telling you about. So stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing right here on 95.5 WSB. Thank you, Christina. The full forecast comes up in less than 10 minutes here on 95.5 WSB, spending time with Trent Ellis, owner of Armor Wildlife Management, and he can repel deer from your yard with the chemicals he uses and the applications he's able to do. So Trent, when someone gets in touch with you, um, I've been sending them to your Facebook page. It's fantastic. Just search Armor Wildlife Management. What does that initial consultation with a homeowner look like? Uh, definitely just give us a call, uh, shoot me a message on Facebook. And so what we'll do, we'll come out and we will walk the entire property with you. And we will look at everything and kind of gauge where the pressure on the yard is heaviest. Um, kind of we'll look at their travel paths through your yard and see if there's any kind of ways we can, we can alleviate the stress from the travel paths. And we've seen really good success with those heavier travel paths moving and transplanting plants to a less traveled part of the yard um, is kind of an extra little thing that we've seen that has been uh, working very well. But we will we'll talk over everything with you. Um, we want to make sure that you have just as much information as you need. And um, that way, you know, we can create that partnership with keeping the deer from really doing too much damage on your landscape. And it sounds like it's really important, Trent, too. You rely on the homeowner to have noticed patterns, to have noticed, you know, what the deer are eating, what part of the yard they're impacting the most. So you're kind of gaining information from them as well. Yes, this really is best when the homeowner is very active, um, not actually in the yard, but just watching and, and keeping an eye on how things work in their, in their own landscape. Because typically when they give us a call, they are at wit's end. They've tried everything. <laughs> and so they've got these, these specific pain points that they want to make sure get fixed. And so that is our number one priority is to make sure that we can fix and solve the problems for, the, for each homeowner. 
And let me ask you another question that was a holdover from the last time you and I were together in July. Somebody had a question about rotten eggs. Does that scent actually work to repel deer? What do you find? Yes and no. So the the active ingredient for the smell deterrent in our summer mixture is putrescent whole egg solids. But if you just crack open a rotten egg uh, or an egg in your yard and, and let it rot, <laughs> you will actually attract more uh, raccoons and possums than you will deter deer. And oh, so they can, <laughs> so it kind of backfires in a sense whenever you, whenever you start putting um, food out for, uh, for deterring. Well, Trent, I appreciate all of your knowledge and your time on this topic. It's a popular topic, so I'm, I'm betting that we'll have to get together again in the spring and actually have listeners call in with their specific questions of technically we weren't able to do that this morning. But uh, how do folks get in touch with you? Ready? Are you ready to give out your phone number on the radio? Yes. So uh, they can reach me at 404-889-9996. And um, again, it's, uh, that goes directly to me. And so I, I hope to be able to help as many people as I can. All right. Armor Wildlife Management on Facebook, and that is A-R-M-O-R. So Trent Ellis, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for having me again. All right, have a good Saturday. So coming up, Jackson Grimsley with Pike Nursery. Things to consider when choosing your Christmas tree. It's that time. Stay tuned. It's WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. And again, a beautiful Saturday morning with the sunrise. It's going to be a nice day. It's going to be chilly, though. Meteorologist Christina Edwards has the full forecast of what to expect for the weekend coming up. And just a reminder about some fun things to do today and this upcoming week, even though the holiday is quickly approaching, uh, visit my website, wsbradio.com slash green and growing, and scroll down to the bottom where you go to events. Um, I keep a list of all kinds of garden opportunities and classes for you there, things to do. And one of the things today is the 24th annual tree climbing competition in Winterville, Georgia, out near Athens, the east side of Athens. Good morning to all of the folks involved there and the Georgia Arborist Association for putting that together. A free day of fun if you are interested in bringing the kids out there. The Saturday competition today is free and open to the public, a family fun climb for children and adults, scavenger hunt, raffles, games, the championship uh, happening right now, and then uh, the Marigold Market as well. That is going to be open from 10 to 2 today where you can get hot food. You're going to need it. It's chilly today. Uh, Produce, baked goods, and crafts as well. So you can find out details about the 24th Annual Tree Climbing Competition at georgiaarborist.org. And really excited about a great show next Saturday as well, bringing you some pruning tips uh, with the pruning guru himself, Rick Smith, and Bruce Holiday as well. And an interview that I did from 2020, uh, the, about this time, two years ago, with Chuck Lavelle, yeah, the keyboardist, the pianist from the Rolling Stones, 
but information on pine trees and their greatest enemies, some of his passions aside from music, and then followed up with uh, another dear friend of mine who has so much knowledge on conifers and ginkgo trees as well, Tom Cox, owner of Tom uh, Cox Arboretum in Canton, Georgia. So coming up with Pike Nursery, we are going to be talking about things to consider when choosing your Christmas tree. Some of you may already have those fake trees up. A lot of you itching to go ahead and get the real tree, the real deal from Pike Nursery. And so things to think about. There's five really when you're shopping for the live Christmas tree. Shade. Look for a tree that's been kept in a shady, protected area, right? Uncovered Christmas trees are exposed to a lot of direct sunlight and the wind, which dries them out as well. Heavy rains can also speed up needle drop. Uh, you also want to look at color, of course. The tree should be a healthy green color, no dead limbs, pretty uniform in the color, 360 degrees around the tree and uniformity, um, not only in color, but just inspecting the tree from all angles to make sure there aren't any broken branches or holes or big gaps. And we have all purchased a real Christmas tree with a big gap in the branches, right? And you just think, well, we'll just turn that part to the wall. We'll just turn that part to the corner of the room. And that's okay. Uh, number four, look for freshness. Look for trees that are well hydrated to ensure that they stay fresh as long as possible. A tree standing in water will be more hydrated and last longer. So when you're looking at the Christmas tree lots, they really need to have had a fresh cut at the base of the trunk. That way they're able to soak up that water. And the fact that they are currently sitting in water as you're shopping for them is going to be better for their long-term health um, and longevity in your home. They can really last in the house up to five to seven weeks as long as they're kept hydrated. And there are products that you can buy to add to the water uh, to make sure that, you know, the tree stays viable longer in your home, but really just that ample amount of water, that water level, keeping that up for the trunk of the tree is going to really help. And number five, uh, looking at flexibility. When you run your hand along the branch of the tree, the needle should hold fast and be flexible. A tree with stiff, brittle needles is too dry and is going to brown quickly. And you also need to make sure that the placement of your Christmas tree in the house uh, is, is away from a vent, right? It's away from that dry heat coming out of the vent. So with us now, we have Jackson Grimsley, who is the assistant manager at the Toco Hills store. Hey, welcome on, Jackson. Morning, Ashley. How are you doing? Very good. Um, so, you know, I was going through the five things to consider when choosing your Christmas tree. And once folks have it, uh, what are y'all's tips on keeping it fresh? Absolutely. Well, like you just mentioned, keeping it hydrated is absolutely huge. Um, you want to make sure, you know, that you're keeping the water in that bowl. It's going to take up a lot of water right when you get it home. Uh, when trees are fresh cut, they're going to be taking up a lot of water immediately. So you want to make sure that you keep that water bowl full. Because if it sits for more than probably an hour to two hours, it can seal back up. So you want to make sure that you're keeping that water in there. Uh, second would be adding a tree preservative. We sell one called Prolong. Um, that'll help, uh, again, maintain those needles a little longer. And just especially now that people are buying trees earlier, you know, before Thanksgiving, you want to make sure that you're adding that tree preservative in there. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, all Pike Nursery locations here in the Atlanta area, is today the day that the Christmas trees arrive? 
We have trees on the floor. They are ready. They are ready to go. We should have a good selection at all of our locations. So yeah, they are ready to go um, and ready ready to go home with you. And the great thing about the website too, Jackson with PikeNursery.com, folks are able to pre-order uh, whatever tree they want, and you all have delivery options available too. That's correct. Yeah, we have all of our varieties are available online. Um, and someone at the store can select one for you. We can deliver it out to you, so you don't you don't even have to come by if you don't want to. But I know you know selecting a Christmas tree can be a very personal process too. So we uh, we have plenty in the store to choose from as well. So when you go online, um, if you're not sure, if, if you know Demarco, my producer and I talked last week, and he said you may have sold me on getting a real tree this year, and I hope that more folks do enjoy that. Um, so if they aren't sure of the different types of trees to consider, they can certainly go on pikenursery.com and just see the, the colors and the shapes of the needles and, and the shapes of the trees themselves as to what's going to suit their family best. But tell us what types of trees y'all have in the nurseries right now. Yeah, absolutely. We have, you know, quite a few different varieties. I think the, the variety that most people in the Atlanta area are going to be most familiar with would be the Fraser fir. Uh, those are grown up in North Carolina. Um, and it's again, most people in the southeast or southeast are going to think of those when they think of a Christmas tree. They're very, very fragrant, so got that classic Christmas tree smell. Um, they have slightly upturned branches and pretty sturdy branches too, so they they hold ornaments very well, and they tend to have a nice full shape. So those are again probably the most common. Uh, we also carry a, quite a few from the west coast. Now we have the northern fir. Those have a very, very deep green color and a very like, highly glossed needle. They're really, really pretty. Uh, the branches are they, they're pretty strong as well, so they hold uh, ornaments well. They tend to slope down just a little bit. They don't have quite as much as the upturned branch as the, uh, as the Fraser does, but they're really, really beautiful. Only downside with those, or a positive if you don't like the smell, they, don't, they are hypoallergenic and they don't have much of a fragrance. So if you don't like that Christmas tree smell, they're a great option. Uh, we also carry from the West Coast the Noble Fir. They have more of almost like a blue, a bluish green color to them. Uh, they tend to be very, very pyramidal, very evenly shaped. Um, they have, again, strong branches. They do tend to be, uh, just because they're slower growing, they tend to be a little heavier uh, than your Frasers uh, and Norman. So if uh, you're taking them in the house, you may need a second person to help you. Um, and then we also have the Alpine Nobles. Those are going to be, uh, they're really wild-grown noble firs. So they're much more sparsely uh, sparsely filled with needles. The branches are more spaced out. So it's great if you have really large uh, ornaments because there's, uh, you know, a good like six to eight inches in between the branches. So they really gives plenty of space for those ornaments to hang and look really nice. Um, so then we also do um, flocking for all of our Christmas trees. So that's that artificial snow that uh, you can put on, and we can do that with any of our Christmas trees. Um, and it really adds, you know, a really nice effect if you're looking to decorate a little bit more. Uh, and then the flock itself is basically just ground paper and cornstarch, so it's, you know, all natural. It's not uh, non-toxic, and it is actually a fire retardant as well. That's good. So anybody that has concerns of that flocking, and I remember it back from the 80s, it, it, that's always how we had our tree, but it's safe, pet safe, child safe, flame retardant. That's great. Um, and for someone who may not have enough room in their house, Jackson, we've got some other kind of smaller options where you can still get in the Christmas spirit, right? 
Yeah, some of uh, you know we do have our tabletop Fraser Fraser furs as well. You know, so they're great for uh, an apartment or a smaller house, or if you just want to have something on on the table um, or you know at the entrance of a house, they're a great option. Uh, we do also have some living Christmas options, which are fantastic for you know outside or by the door. Um, so we have quite a few conifers, most of which are from the West Coast. So. Uh, there's a few arborvitae, and then we'll have uh, things like dwarf Alberta spruce that have that nice pyramidal shape that you can decorate and then plant in the yard once the season's over. And that's so cool, and they could certainly plant that once the season's over. They could plant that in January, February, no? Absolutely. It's Winter's still a great time for planting trees and shrubs, especially conifers because they are so cold-hardy. Um, you don't you know, usually have to worry about cold damage with them. So what a good gift if you give somebody kind of a potted conifer decorate it, enjoy it over the holidays inside, and then it can become a tree that's going to last for decades out in the landscape. Um, Jackson, thank you so much. Go ahead and give us kind of the, the 411 on how to shop for trees online. Absolutely. So you go to pikenursery.com, and then under the shop tab there, then the first thing that should pop up is our, our Christmas uh, options, because that's honestly obviously on everyone's mind. So we have all of our Christmas tree varieties there. And we also have things like wreaths and roping and all the other accessories that you may need for your decorating. You just want to select the store and select your item. And again, it'll give you the option of delivery or pickup. So you can come pick it up at the store or we can deliver right to your house. Open season on Christmas tree shopping. Jackson, thanks so much. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. And I just want to reiterate how important it is when you first get that live tree if the place where you pick it up, whether it's Pike Nursery or somewhere else, they make a fresh cut before you take that home and you're ensuring that that fresh cut is going to allow water, the tree, to, to uptake the water that it needs and keeping the water levels where they need to be in the Christmas tree stand, making sure that doesn't dry out. And you're well on your way to having a tree to enjoy for the next five to seven weeks in the house. All right, when we return, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend and wrapping things up on Green and Growing on WSB. Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right. These are uh, these are ones that I personally did in the last day or two. Number one, maintaining the moisture in your containerized vegetables versus those that are in the ground or in raised beds. Um, I noticed I have four broccoli plants in pots and they were starting to droop a little bit more from being in the full sun. So those are going to require a lot more water than the ones in the raised beds, but always be checking that as well and watering at the base of those plants and knowing which vegetables you have that are heavy feeders like cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and cauliflower and making sure that you follow the directions on the fertilizer packet on whichever things you're growing. Um, Dr. Earth is one of the great ones that I'm using for those crops right now. Number two, the National Audubon Society boasts a great list of important bird foods uh, right now, as the weather gets colder, some with a higher oil content, a higher fat content as they stock up for the wintertime, some of the good ones to keep on hand are suet. That's easy to make yourself as well. Black oil sunflower seeds. Bluebirds are loving mealworms right now and any bird seed with peanuts in it. You can check out that entire list from the National Audubon Society on my Facebook page. Search Green and Growing WSB. Uh, the bluebirds are really stocky 
and kind of plump and fat right now. And three of them were staring in the window on the back deck yesterday as I sat on the couch, uh, literally staring in at me, thinking, you know, lady, this feeder's almost empty. And the little dish where you put our mealworms is empty too. So I got right up and took care of them. Um, and number three, keeping the leaves out of the base of your flowering shrubs, your hydrangeas, your perennials. You can see a video of that on my Facebook page as well. The importance of it is just the buildup of leaves that keeps moisture at the plant's crown, and that can lead to rot and disease. So you really want airflow through there and no water just resting there. Always a good idea to use gloves as well when removing leaf debris like that. You never know what little spiders or baby snakes or something are going to be hiding out there. So um, thanks to everybody who made the show possible today. DeMarco, my producer DeMarco, included uh, half of it I, I put together on tape for you. Uh, Trent Ellis joined me live at 7.30 of Armor Wildlife Management just to kick off the Outdoor Expert Series. And you heard from Christy Bryant, too, owner of Speaking for the Trees, with some wonderful information on tree preservation and the efforts that are going on with all of the construction around Metro Atlanta, how key it is that we make sure to preserve a lot of the tree canopy that we are so loved for here in Atlanta. And uh, the Outdoor Expert Series is going to continue next Saturday and even the first Saturday of December as well. And then December, we've got a lot of good shows as well. Uh, Mickey Gasway will be joining me for a holiday show. The folks from, from Premier Tree Solutions Chop My Tree. So I really enjoy being with you on Saturday mornings. Appreciate all of you today. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk Monday. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details